recording. Shut up. It's Two Dummies. With Devin Ruskin and Noah Bender. Hello and welcome back to Two Dummies with Devin and Noah. Here we go. You know, our guest this week is a stand-up comedian and former cast member of Saturday Night Live Season 43. You can listen to his album, Guitar Comic, on all streaming platforms. Please welcome Luke Noll. Wow, guys. That's quite the intro, and it, it happens to be all true. So thank you for that, uh, and thank you for having me. Would you I would have been make good with up? anything, but you seen like you had it kind of down, and I I, I like that, you know. It, I'm impressed by that. I may know I do a research standard. packet before this episode. There you go. Yeah, a, a cursory googie search. <laughs> Oscar winner and uh, swimsuit champion, bodybuilder extraordinaire, Top Chef exactly. Luke Knoll on the podcast I, today. I, I did win Top Chef Padma. Uh, told me I was top chef at the end. Yeah. Wait, I've been watching a lot of beat Bobby Flay. Oh, I've watched way too much beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> that's yeah. That's my way too much. Yeah. It's so good. Do you, are you a guy's grocery games person or are you against guy? No, I'm a big fan of guy enough. Yeah. In Florida, oh, we have guy non ironically. Oh, yeah, I know. I, think he's I hate those fuckers who are like, Oh, guy Fieri. He's so funny. I like to be like memes about him. Like, no, he is genuinely a great guy. Very talented. Yeah. His son's hot. Yeah. Like he's oh, a great yeah. guy. Like, what's his, I, I forget his his son Ryder or something. Yeah, I just something know like him that. as Guy Fieri. He's yeah, Ryder. Uh, yeah, I we legitimately and unironically stan uh, Guy Fieri. We watched so much <laughs> guys go grocery games. It's not even funny. Yeah, yeah, we should get him on the podcast. I mean, get get Ryder, get Ryder. We could easily, yeah, we could get his. That would be a that would be possible. (laughs) We've gotten Tampon Guy. I don't know if you've seen him on TikTok. We've gotten. (laughs) We don't need to talk about Tampon Guy anymore. We bring up Tampon Guy too much on the show. Now let's (laughs) let's rehash this. I'm I I love TikTok, but my TikTok algorithm is like fucked. I don't know if I can curse on your guys' show, but my TikTok is just, is my algorithm is destroyed. It's, it's, that was our first question for you. It's what does your for you page look like? It's bad. It's (laughs) like, it's bleak. Cause a lot of the times, like, I honestly don't spend that much time on TikTok. Right. Mm -hmm. I, when I do, I make sure to only like a certain lane of things, but my fiance will, she'll be on TikTok all the time. And I'm like, I would never see any of these videos. I was like, <laughs> everything that you're seeing that would never pop up for me. Like all of my stuff is like deranged people doing stand up or doing like sketch comedy. And that's like kind of what I want. That's good. You would love Devin's for you page then because her for you page is a lot of deranged people trying to be sexy. Yeah, I get a I lot love of that lane. Like 60 year old yeah. women, maybe older, bras, wrinkly boobs. Um, yesterday I got Piss Boy, who is like. And like 15 year old boys. Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of 15 year old boys showing their boners. I definitely have like that like oh the other lane that I, I like all the time is like grandma and grandpa TikTok. Like I just genuinely enjoy it. And again, like I'm not making fun of them. Like I it just actually makes me happy. So I do have a lot of old people in my feed. But then I also definitely have like young kids who are like have nerf guns and are like 
exhibiting like red flags for what serial killers will, you know, just things where I'm like, I should report this. Like this is, this is scary behavior, but yeah, that that's the other oh, one that I'm into. I do my good deal of reporting. Do you? I never do. <laughs> I'm like, let's, let's keep cooking people? with it. Oh, I love reporting. I like reporting Trump supporters. Just, I don't know. It just gives me uh, a little. Just because they have like, a different opinion than you and they're racist. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of like teenage boys with Nerf guns, we Luke, we got to turn you on to one of our favorite uh, TikTokers. I don't, I forgot his name, but we call him Chicken Cheese Tender Biscuits guy. Oh, have you, you seen would, Chicken I Cheese Tender like, Biscuits guy? I feel like you would enjoy him. Um, huh. I, I, I watch like. All these people that you're giving nicknames to, I already know. Like, if you showed me them, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen this guy. (laughs) So it's like Like, this little pudgy, cute little, I'm going to say 16-year-old boy, maybe 16. Yeah, he looks like he's in high school. And he has this tiny little. He looks like straight out of Hebrew school. Yeah, he has like a little basketball hoop in his living room. And every day he just shoots a shot and then he goes, ooh, chicken cheese tender biscuit. And it's just, and then he like flexes his bicep. And then he he goes like that. Oh, I think I know this guy. I think I know this guy. Is this, this is the guy who, who makes not impressive trick shots and then brags about him. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I love love that kid. I love that kid. It's just shooting from the other side of the room or something. Yeah. So he's, he's another guest we'd love to have. That's true. That's pretty good. I would say. Yeah. We've been trying to reach out for him for weeks. I, mean, I would just have him say yeah. it the whole episode. Yeah. We're trying to get all, all of our favorite niche TikTokers. Oh yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> also, I just have to say you guys are completely frozen. Is that how it is for you? I am seeing you guys. Noah is a little twitchy and looks like his camera is like from 2006 kind of like a, a 240p kind of thing but no i i see you guys moving i'm in 720p on my end there you man. go interesting interesting well i guess i'll just I pretend i see you guys but should we get into the the talk that i mean is bound to happen at some point during this interview sure why not yeah tell us how you booked snl man we want to hear about that <laughs> Uh, it's a classic kind of Hollywood casting couch story. Um, <laughs> I, I come in, I was wearing something I thought to be pretty revealing, something that I thought would book me the gig. Um, and Lauren just said like, you know, do you mind if I turn the camera on? I said, I don't care anything for the job, anything for you, sir. And he says, call me dad. And I was like, <laughs> okay, weird. So, but it was a good sign, you know? So I started calling him dad and and I booked it, you know, so it was all worth it. But yeah. Hey, simple as that. Mm-hmm. So big, da- big daddy, Lorne, uh, he, uh, no, they, they came and saw me in Chicago. I, I did uh, improv and, and sketch and stand up in Chicago and they came and saw me at the IO theater, which yeah. RIP, it's a, it's a COVID right. COVID casualty too. So it's going to be on the wall. Did they ever give you like the warning? Like, oh my God, the SNL casting is here. Like Lauren is in the audience tonight. Like that kind of thing. So it's a whole thing. It's a very like everyone in Chicago is kind of trying to get a spot to audition for Lauren. Yeah. Because no one knows when he's coming. They just know it's like some years they don't come. So it's like some years they don't come. Some years, you know. Uh, and they don't really let anyone know, but it's 
they come to Second City and they come to IO and Sharna, who was the theater owner at IO, basically spends all year, like every Monday night, there's a show where it's basically a showcase of people's like five minute solo sketch stuff so that she can kind of see all of the people uh-huh. who are involved at the theater and kind of get a sense of who she wants to put up when the time is right. And, uh, you know, when they call her, it's like, they're basically calling her and telling her like, we're going to who's in yeah, contention. I mean, it's, it's a weird pie in the sky thing where everyone kind of knows it's a possibility that they might come, but you, you kind of like, I think I like auditioned for her in February right. and forgot about it. And then it wasn't until like August that like, just like on a Friday they call you and they're like, they're coming tomorrow. And you're one of the 15 people that we're going to put up. So I actually had the chance to do it twice. I actually did it the year before I was cast. I went up and I, uh, she put me in for the first time and that was the year uh, Alex Moffat got cast. So Alex Moffat was in that group and I was like, man. So it was cool to like see someone get it out of, you know, coming out of Chicago. And I was like, wow, that's crazy because it makes it very real. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I didn't think I'd get it and they definitely didn't need another white guy. You know, they, they had just hired Mikey and uh, Alex the year before me. So I was like, yeah, they're not going to hire a white guy. So when they, she had me audition again the following year, I did like a way dumber kind of more of a fuck it uh, audition where, you know, traditionally when you, you only have five minutes, right? So they're, yeah. you're, you're, you're going out there doing five minutes of your, you know, characters, impressions, songs, whatever it is. And I just did one character the whole five minutes. Like I did like a crowd work bit where I just came really? out as God. I'm just like, I came out with my big white beard and just kind of took questions from the crowd. And like, you know, it was really, really dumb, but it's a, you know, that's you're playing good. to a home crowd, you know, like, so it's like a packed that like, it's not, that's not the, the famous audition where they fly you out to New York. That's kind of round two. Um, Right. Just the producers and they say nobody's laughs and everything. Yeah. They know that it's a home crowd. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's ice cold. Yeah, I mean, you're probably better in, in, in better position to take big swings in, in, a, in a setting like that. You, you know, and they know that too, like, cause you know, they know that it's a room packed with all of people that are rooting for you, you know? So it's, they're very, you know, it, it's a, such a fun night and the, the energy in that room is crazy when they're sitting, you know, front row center and, you know, pack, pack to the gills with all these people's friends and family and stuff. So it's, it, it was cool. And I really did think like that was the end of it for me. And I was like, man, it's, it's crazy that I even got to, you know, aud- audition in front of these people once, let alone twice. And then every, every rung on the ladder beyond that, I, you know, it was crazy. Every, every step on the, you know, on the, yeah, on the to path get to, to getting it is like, is an accomplishment on its own. Yeah. Get, getting to do that showcase is like already hard in Chicago. Cause you're already fighting hundreds of thousands of people that are trying to, to even have the chance to go up in front of this guy. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, I, you know, every step on the ladder. Cause I, yeah, I imagine like four people, like, it seems like, m- more so in Chicago than like say New York or LA like the, there I feel like there's a a a strong portion of the people who who go to go there to do the improv say I'm doing this with the sole goal of making it on a Saturday night live I mean 
That is, you're totally right. In in Chicago, there's not really as much industry, almost none at all. There's a little bit, but like if you want to be on Chicago Fire and Med and PD, like you can audition for that. But it's like the comedy scene is so great there because there's no industry presence, meaning you're everyone that's there is doing it kind of for the love of the game. It's a very like supportive, right. you know, I, I think some of the funniest people alive are doing live comedy in Chicago and uh you know it, it's just a different it's you very know, purist improvisation exactly so you, you get a you get a little bit more like data weird stuff too but I mean yeah something so do you prefer, a lot of it's bad but some of it's good yeah do you prefer like the Chicago comedy scene over UCB in New York or in LA yeah uh, yeah not even close <laughs> I think uh Cause just the, the styles of like how they teach improv, which improv is a pyramid scheme. You know, it's, it's, it's dying as a business model because the only way it can stay open is by tricking people into paying for classes and things. But the schools of thought in Chicago are pretty wide ranging, but they all come back to kind of committing, you know, making a choice, committing really hard, listening big time and trying to build together, uh, you know, to make something that could be very weird and uh, organic and a little like, what the hell are they doing? Whereas UCB, it's more like, get up there, someone make a joke, everyone look at each other on the back line, notice the pattern of the joke that that person made and then try to make, I, sir, am the wittiest one. (laughs) No, 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 no. I am the wittiest one, sir. So it's, it's a little bit more of a, to me, it's not as fun to watch. There's still a million great people in UCB and it's, those shows can be really funny, but the, the mindset behind how they, you know, the school of thought is like, I'm I'm good without, yeah. Yeah, I totally feel that like when you place kind of game over everything, it right. kind of dilutes the the realness of the theater, of the acting. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is because it, obviously most improv is bad, right? The majority of improv is oh, bad, course. Yes. but yes, <laughs> I, I've left... I've left UCB shows and been like, man, what a great show. But I've left some like Chicago long form improv shows and been like, how did they do that? Like, you know, stuff like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's on another level. The, the, the good shows, the best shows are the ones where you're just like, where you walk out at like a, how they do that. We call them the, how they do that's, uh, which is like yeah. a normal audience member. Like what the hell they had to plan that, you know? I mean, I think that's just the difference between ex- like people who are just really experienced because improv, it takes so I feel like it takes a while in in the kind of trainingness of it to get to a level where it's only people who are really serious and really experienced with it, which is obviously the goal. Because you know, like I I've been taking class some some classes at like Second City, and I'm not going to say that like you know people didn't not not everyone was as serious about the art of comedy, right? But like a lot of people, at least at like the lower levels, are doing it more maybe so they can have more confidence at their work sure. or so they can you know get better at talking to people and and thinking on the fly and such and such and such but yeah when you get to the level of like people who are like hardcore capital i improvisers that's when the magic really comes i i'm a big believer and i can go the rest of my life never 
ever watching another improv show that is comprised of people who didn't specifically choose to be together. I think all of these improv theaters and all of the different cities that someone casts people and puts them together and like, here, this is a house team where, you know, an independent board assembles a group of nine and they, these are the people we want you to be with. I never want to ever see a show that's, that's made of that because the only way that improv is good and fun is when you're surrounded by people that you trust and that you like and that you know how to play with. And that's when it becomes actually fun and to watch because man, watching a group of people that doesn't get along, like who had, who didn't choose to be together, try to make something up together. Yeah, people that is, barely know each other. Rough. Yeah. And that's what class class settings are. Yeah. Yeah. We went to college for comedy and we all had to take like improv one and sketch one. And I was just remembering like in my improv scene, we had somebody who, well, we can bleep it out, but he was kicked off for like raping people and yeah, yeah, all of that. Yep. Do you remember Noah? <laughs> Do you remember him? Ring a bell? Yes, I, I know who you're talking about, but I we don't need to dwell on him. What's the point of your story, Devin? So I was just gonna say, like, I was gonna ask you what your like favorite worst improv scene was because <sighs> mine, I was like supposed to be on a bus with this guy going to Comic Con, and he was like, "Do you remember how you got here?" And I was like yeah i do and he was like no you don't i drugged you you took some oh, of this yeah, yeah, nyquil yeah. and it was like oh it was so what's your favorite improv I mean, scene I, that was i've definitely though? witnessed a lot of great like cringy horrible improv scenes but it's funny like what you bring up is like something that a lot of the improv teachers in the lower levels in chicago would like have to through gr gritted teeth have to be like <laughs> I don't want to have to say this every time, but can we just don't be racist and don't be, yeah, yeah make people uncomfortable. He's like basically just trying to like explain to some, some goofballs that it's like, Hey, just saying the most offensive thing that you can think of actually is, doesn't equal funny. You know what I mean? Like you actually, that's not yeah. really how it happens, yeah, but a lot of naive white guys out there. I mean, Oh Yeah. For sure. A lot of, lot of very overconfident white dudes out there. There's a lot of just horrible imp improvisers of all colors, shapes, and sizes out there. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, I watched one. It was a confident, overconfident white guy in a, uh, uh, when you go through the program at IO, it culminates in a, what they call five B's where you do basically eight weeks of shows together and they, at the end decide, you know, of all these classes that are performing these weekly shows to assemble a team of 10 to make a Herald team out of mm -hmm. them. Right. But, um, there was one guy who was in my group and I thank God wasn't in this scene, but I was like watching from the sideline as he walks out, he's, he's wearing shorts, which is kind of a no, no, at least in, in, doing long form in Chicago, you're supposed to kind of Dress like biz cash. You know, to yourself. Yeah, yeah, not not yeah. not exactly like Second City where you're like suit and tie, but like you're trying to not look like you, you know, are, are going to buy flip flops at Ron John or something. So it's like a dude walks out, flip flops at Ron John, look full on faux hawk, sits down, arms crossed. And this girl is in a scene with him and she's like, bless her heart, trying to initiate something where she's like a teacher. And she's like, and just so you know, there will be a test um, this coming Friday. So if anyone wants to go over the study guide, uh, I am open to questions. And he just he just like cuts her off. He's like, 
shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no. He, he also kissed a girl in another scene and where it's just like, yo, uh, you gotta bother, stop. Yeah. You gotta not do that. <laughs> anyway, See, he's the president okay of the I United States that. now. Yeah, he's not out of class. Oh my god, super. Yeah, funny. I think I could do that for sure. Uh, I do good. love the. I do love responding to someone's initiation with "Shut the fuck up, bitch!" <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bitch. and he and he delivered it like he thought it was the funniest fucking line in the world. Like he was so impressed with himself and like leaned back in the chair and everything, and it was just like, oh Jesus! I love yeah. watching bad improv. I, I say. do too. <laughs> certain young immature dudes need to like unlearn the fact that they think like bullying is funny here's the thing bullying can be funny yeah it can it be bullying funny, is totally funny but if you but, you, but you gotta earn it straight up bullying yeah i yeah. always i always whenever i was coaching or something i always described the improv scene as like as a lawn mower where it's like if you ever had to to mow the lawn as a kid or if you had with a push mower in order to get it started you have to like press that little rubber button the primer a bunch of times and then uh-huh. you rip the cord right and if you press the button enough you rip that cord once and it starts right and then the motor's humming and you're all set but then if, if, if you just go out there and start ripping from the start, it's real bad and everybody knows you're trying and it's just, you, you kind of want to like bury it a little, just one second of living. It's in all it. noise, no engine. Right. Yeah. Um, I have, I've got one more like SNL related question. Sure. Sorry to be yeah. a bother. No, um, I, I assume so- that's why you had me on. I was on a TV show for a season before they <laughs> fired me for being cute. Ooh. So for your second audition, do you did you yeah. do characters or did you like do your songs or what was that like? Oh, and did you write a packet? Do do the casts write packets? So when I auditioned, they flew a bunch of us out after the like I went and met Lorne the following, you know, week or whatever it was. Or I guess it was the following night after my second audition that they came and saw me in Chicago. So mm-hmm. I met him. Uh, you know, at his hotel, had drinks, talked, you know, just got to, he got to know me just a little bit, but he's just trying to sweat you out a little bit. You know, Lauren kind of loves the, the mind game side of it a little bit. He likes to see people sweat and see how they react under pressure. That's a big part of the audition. But when they flew us out, um, they had just like the theater owner, Sharna at IO just had like a bunch of us on an email and they're like, Hey, these are the people they want to fly out everybody can do the exact audition they saw you do in um, Chicago, except Luke, you need to write an all new five minutes. Like you need to come up with something. They don't want to see like a crowd work character. And I'm like, definitely for sure. So I did a series of, of characters. I did a little, I'm a guitar comic. uh, So I do, I ended my audition with a little song. Like, so I ended up doing like, sketches that probably they would never put on the show now because they don't do that anymore really anymore it's mostly like impressions or game shows or whatever it is but yeah uh which surprise i didn't last that long on there but they had me out i did the famous audition the ice cold one did all that fun stuff and then went home again 
thinking, man, crazy that I even got to do that. I, you know, I'd never been in New York City. So I was like, that was just wow. all of this was crazy. They had me, they flew me out again to New York, had me, they said again, please write in another new five minutes and any oh impressions, God. any political stuff. And they were just like cool. asking me very uh, aggressively, like, please stuff try to do use. the format of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Did you a fucking impression? So my impressions were like, they, the, it's weird because when I got hired, I thought that the reason that they hired me was my, the songs. I thought, you know, cause all of my auditions, everything they saw me do, I always did a little song at the end. And I thought that's why they hired me, but they actually, it, you know, I later learned that the thing that like really sealed the deal for them deciding to hire me was my Jay Cutler impression, which no one knows <laughs> the football player, the foot, the football player, Jay Cutler. Uh, he was, <laughs> I, I was trying to, I looked at the news that week and he was like coming out of retirement. He was like going to be an ESPN commentator and he was coming out of retirement to like play football again. And I was like, I'll do this guy. Nobody cares about him or knows what he's like. So like, you know, my impression style was definitely just like be a caricature, be a character and say, I'm that person. Like, I think Kate McKinnon's really good at that. Like, is she doing an accurate Jeff sessions? No, but is she doing a hilarious, great and like caricature version of him yet? Yeah. And so I was like yeah. kind of trying to do that and do like a current event. And they kind of just, really liked that and i did chris hayes from msnbc i was like who else do they have that they not okay have? yeah you kind of look like yeah i fit that was my reasoning too again don't have an impression of him at all just put glasses on and did a bit but like yeah it was yeah i'm not impressed. one thing that snl is known for it's 2012 nostalgia content about the chicago bears exactly exactly yeah, that's that's what people want. During the audition, you're doing these characters, and do you do like thirty seconds, and then be like, Whoosh, and like clean the scene, and then start <laughs> just sweep. Yeah, like do you do the like run? You know, I so, tried like, to make it. Go? I tried to do it as like chill as possible, especially the second time I went up. You kind of know what it's gonna be like now, so you're like, I've been in this room. I know they're all just like silhouetted in the background like deal or no deal bankers and so it's like you can't really wow. hear anybody so like any any response is is good so like it's any flat. sort of giggles so Did i got some yeah i got i got like some giggles out of them and i and i left thinking like man that was cool that i got anything out of them which it's funny that like thinking back like that was like a winning audition that they were like <laughs> let's give it because i definitely walked out thinking like no but still cool you know but yeah, it was it, it, the second time I definitely like some people do like they'll set up their what they're about to do. They'll be like, this is, uh, you know, Jodie Foster in line at a donut shop, which I yeah. don't I that I don't like that. I think like mm -hmm. just do it. And if it's good, we'll know. You know what I mean? And so that's right. I kind of just tried to seem as comfortable as I could, even though I was like losing my mind. I definitely like played it very cool and like i you know i took my time too but i kind of just yeah. stopped and walked to a different spot and started doing a new thing so i tried it yeah cool and what were the yeah, hours like oh it's crazy like, did you it's sleep crazy. <laughs> it's wild i mean you're 
pitching on Monday. So Monday's the lightest day. You're writing all day, all night on Tuesday. You're there's a table read on Wednesday. So you're like totally exhausted from being up all night. Then you have to do this very stressful, you know, trying to get your sketch into the show and it's like such an uphill battle and it's so competitive and it's, it's, it's a high stress, you know, day. And then you have like an hour where the, where all the scripts have been read and you're just kind of waiting for them to post what's going to be, you know, the sketches that week on the wall, like a high school theater cast list almost. Right. And that's like the, one of the best parts of the week where you're just like, there's nothing we can do. Everything's out of our hands. We just kind of have to sit and chill and have a beer and wait for them to decide what's going to be in the show. Then it mm-hmm. immediately, you know, revs up again. Like if your sketch gets picked, you're then going to be in meetings for like the rest of the night with the hair people, the makeup people, the set people, the, you know, wardrobe. Like you're everybody like kind of crowds around you and it's like, okay, what do you want this person to look like? What do you want their hair to be like? What do you, you know, it's so it's in the wildest thing about it is that no one, when you get there, no one tells you where to be and what to expect or what, when, you know, there's no like orientation or information session. Like I didn't know when I need did to be anywhere. And you just have to like, kind of like follow the crowd of people, you know, it's very like high stress and weirdly informal, but then by Thursday, you're every, they're rewriting all of the sketches and you're starting to rehearse. Friday, they're shooting all of the pre-tape sketches. So if you're in one of those, like you're just not going to sleep, you know. And then Saturday is all day right. long uh, rehearsing again, getting the camera blocking. And it, But by then, you're like so tired that the energy on a Saturday day is like very cool. Like even for somebody like me who like – didn't have a lot of fun because I was, you know, barely ever in the show or I, you know, I, 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 you know, it it was a little bit tougher on, on people that, you know, it's a tough to be new there no matter what, but even then Saturdays were like a crazy fun, cool energy where you're just like, man, it's alive and buzzing. And it's like a well-oiled machine and it's, it, it, you know, Saturdays are cool. And then your only day off is Sunday, but you're partying until like <laughs> five or six in the morning. So you're Sunday, your right. only day off and you're, it's not a day off. Like you're, That's you're insane. not sleeping. Yeah. You just kind of get used to not getting used to it. You know? So do you guys like have yeah. specific bars that you go to after? Cause I've heard about like the SNL bars, but so they, the after parties are always, they kind of hide it until the night of, they don't want people to know. So the after parties are rotating. Like they might go to the same place twice a year, maybe, but mostly there were different places all around Manhattan. Um, And the after parties are not that they're not what you think. They're a little stuffy. They're not, people aren't getting trashed at the after party. It's mostly like, go sit at your table. Everyone has a table. You kind of, Whoever you brought with you that week, your family, your friends, your, your agents clinic. are going to be there for sure. Um, it's a lot of like a little bit like stuffy. It's not very fun. But when Lauren leaves, then the after after. <laughs> then the party yeah. really then starts. The, and that's like actually <laughs> the party. You know, that's like where people are actually getting getting after it. 
um, getting yeah. greased up. And that those ones are less exclusive. Like you don't have to be on a list. You just need a password and to know where it is. And the after afters are at like they'll rotate between like four or five bars. There's so the after afters are like usually one of like four places. That's insane. But those are fun. Yeah. But most so people don't how, go to those, you know? Wait, how old were you when you got cast on SNL? I was 27. I was 27 when I got okay. cast. And I was the youngest person other than um, Pete. I was the youngest person by like five years or something. I think. That's crazy. Like I, I think SNL is like always a dream for someone who wants to go into comedy, but I need to be in bed by like 10. It's. <laughs> Yeah, you can't handle late nights. Yeah, like when we were in LA together, I was just like, I, I gotta go to bed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it then I would say um it it wouldn't be the job for you then. I would <laughs> say it's a you you are just really exhausted all of the time. There's a lot of you know, you're living and dying by by coffee and uppers. So yeah, did you sleep there? Did you ever sleep at the building? I only slept there once, but my, but my office mate, who's now on the cast, Andrew Dismukes, my uh, writing partner when I was there and we wrote a lot of things together. Um, he would sleep there every Tuesday night. He would pretty much always, and our, our couch was not full length. Like we had the worst office by far and it just smelled like boy in there and like Axe body spray. Cause Uh. shout out to Andrew Dismukes. You definitely wore Axe body spray. Um, but (laughs) he, uh, he would sleep on just like the smallest little like love seat that it was always, he was just always contorted in our little office. And I'm oh like, Oh, God. that's awful. That's so bad. But, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you also, All right, I want to, Oh, wait, I, I want to talk to you a bit. of oh, What, what Devin, what? It's just, I have a P related question. Mm-hmm. Can, a P related yeah, question. Can I ask? <laughs> okay, sure. Did you ever pee in jars? Is that a thing? No. Why, this was why, not worth Why would that? <laughs> this was not worth it. Just like I just, I don't know. Yeah, like when I used yeah, to watch a bathroom 30 right Rock. There. Devin, why? Listen, in 30 Rock, they they used to pee in jars. Oh, no. They you know, what are you that? talking about? Devin? I will say, though, there was, it oh, was no, a little tricky because too. on the 17th floor of, of 30 Rock, where the writing, writing floor is, um wait you guys froze i did not hear that oh you froze i said i do have a memory though the way that the floor is set up on the 17th floor of rockefeller center is the mm-hmm. snl offices right and so yeah on one side of the of the building is all the writing offices and mm-hmm. that's in the women's bathroom is right next to all of where all the casts and, and writers offices are so the women's restrooms right there but the men's restroom you could, um, you had to go all the way around the horseshoe, basically like mm-hmm. you had to go all the way around the building to get to where the men's restroom was, but you could be a little tricksy boy and use your pass <laughs> to beep in through this like security, um, for like the freight elevator. So it was, it was like where they stored a lot of like trash and like, it, you know, it was like a very, like the underbelly kind of shortcut through the middle of the building. But the problem was you could get into that area, but it, w- it would lock. So there's like <laughs> everyone has a horror story. All the guides at least had a horror story of just like a 3 a.m. 
you're exhausted and you go to pee and you take the shortcut and then you forgot to bring your badge. So then you Uh get caught in (laughs) no man's land and you're locked into the freight. Like I definitely locked myself into the freight elevator area for like 45 minutes uh, at like 3 a.m. And I was like, this is kind of how my year is going. That's nuts. And did did like working it? Devin, I mean, we could we could talk we we could talk about the bathrooms at Thirty Rock for another two hours or something, but I think we should move on. Should we move? We can move on. I'll just like yeah, yeah. I'll email your assistant any questions I have. Hey, if you need any questions about the the restroom situation right. at Thirty Rock, I'm happy to go over it. The the restroom in yeah by the dressing rooms on in Studio Eight H. Those bathrooms have not changed since the 70s, probably before that. The it they look so hilariously old and beat up. Like it's very funny. I want to talk to you a bit about your writing style because I also do musical comedy. And I feel like I having having listened to your work, your album, and and seen some of your stuff online, I feel like we have a, a bit of the same tone, which is I mean this in the best way, but I feel like what what I get from out of your work. Sing about your button wiener. Not exactly, but it's the idea of like, how funny would it be if I was serious about this idea? Oh yeah, that's you know very I mean? much the heart of what I I try to make it. If you didn't speak English, that you would be like, this is a this sounds like a good song. Like this is a catchy tune. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I am yeah. but I have to say you have a great voice. That is very very like, kind. I'm- that's too oh. nice because I'm very dumb, but I try. You know. No, I also I love your songs. They're well, you're on the right podcast for two dummies. Hey, I'm. It's three <laughs> dummies today. I tell you what, zing. But yeah, I mean, if if you do music comedy stuff, like to me, I've met and seen a lot of music musical comedians, and we get a bad rap because you have to be. In my opinion, you have like it's either very good or it's absolutely the worst, most unbearable uh, thing in the world. So I try to. Yeah, there's not much in between. There's not much in between. And um, traditional standups, they're going to cross their arms when they see you walk in with a guitar no matter what. So you're kind of having an uphill battle. But I kind of how you described it where it's like, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to act like I'm singing the most serious like. You know what I mean? Like that was, I used to, my, my whole bit that when I first started doing stand up was that I would always start out my shows by being very confused and like apologetic. I'm, I'm so sorry. I did not know, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was like a comedy thing. Like when they booked me on this, like, I thought this was like an open mic. I'm so sorry. Like I would, I would be really like, if we can put the laughs on the shelf for a minute and just feel and just like, I want to invite you guys to just feel. And then I would do my material and it would, right. you know. But I always, it always Talk set people up. Orgasm. Yeah, a lot of butt orgasm stuff. A lot of butt and pee-pee. Oh. But I'll tell you what, over like the last two years or something, I've really tried to cut down on the butt and pee-pee um, percentage of my act. And Not I, me. Hey, Not there, me. There's still, a, there's still a sizable piece of the pie chart that's butt and pee-pee. But like, I definitely challenge myself to get away from it. And then now during quarantine, I'm back on it. I'm back on the button pee-pee, you know? Back on the pee-pee-pee-pee. Noah hates that because I I want to talk about all of that stuff. I don't hate it. I just think that if you're trying to reach a broad audience, leading with the pee-pee-poo-poo stuff, 
makes a lot of people turn off immediately. The best way to do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the audience I want. I think, I I think you're the first, you know, your first two minutes are your most important two minutes. So you are setting the tone for yourself and especially uh, in stand-up stuff where you're doing a longer set. Like if you're only doing five minutes, you, you know, fuck it. But if I'm doing like an, an hour or something, you got to kind of buy a little bit of goodwill because there's a chance that you're going to lose them at some point, you know, (laughs) some people are going to not like something in the hour that I'm doing. So I try to get a little bit of that, a little bit of love up top and then destroy it later. Yeah. I gotta say that story about getting robbed was insane. It's true. It's very, very true. And it's like, I didn't want even, I I did not think I was going to put that in there because it's like 20 minutes of my, you know, 50 minute long album. And yeah, Yeah, they were the, the, the the place. No, I think it's my favorite part. It, it, they encouraged me to do something that wasn't music because the, the recording company is like the way they make their money is off of, um, XM radio plays and comedy XM radio never plays comedy music. Like they don't play Bo Burnham or fly the Concord. They, they just don't do it. And so they're like, if you could have anything in there, that's just like spoken word, (laughs) regular stand up, that'd be great. And I'm like, all right, I have like a bloated, uh, 11 minute long, you know, whatever, 20 minute long story about me getting robbed home invasion style. And it's true. And it doesn't have any jokes in it. And they're like, great. Let's get it in there. Perfect. Jam it through. That's insane. But I, I like that. Like when I don't do stuff with a guitar, which is rare, I, I, I do like stories like that. Yeah. I think like my stand up isn't really stand up. It's more of me just being like, well, this happened to me and here's some jokes. That, but that's yeah. what stand up is. Yeah, I mean, no, I think, I don't know. Like Mike Birbiglia, he's a storyteller who is yeah. a stand up comedian, but it's like, he's telling us a, a true story and it's got funny things in it yeah. some jokes oh. yeah like when i think of stand-up i think like anthony jeselnik and like he has jokes yeah, he's a one-liner but... there's there's so that's the that's the thing i love well, about that's it like is... hard, hard and fast jokes yeah there's just so many different types of stand-up which is just great it, but it, no one can do it now i know it's been uh <laughs> it's been tough it's been bad it's oh have you done things. any like zoom shows i've done about two thousand of them and every time i agree to one i regret it <laughs> Every time I agree to one, I'm like, maybe this one will be good. And then every time it's not. And I'm like, okay. Do people like mute and unmute themselves to laugh? It's a nightmare. What is it like? Sometimes they mute and then you're just kind of performing into the void, which like I now prefer. Other times they're like, leave your mics on. We want the comedians to hear you. And then it's like inevitable that somebody forgets their microphone is on and is like, you know, Mikey. Close the door. You know, there's always somebody where you're just like, great, this is good. Or the laughs yeah. come like three seconds later than you want them to. And they're like jarring and throw you off. And you're like, I'd rather just <laughs> perform into the void. I'd, you know, but I have found that the zoom I've done a lot of like corporate events, like Christmas parties and holiday parties and stuff. Uh, this, this past holiday season. And I was doing a lot of them on zoom and I, I was learning like the more crowd work, the better, I, the more you can, you know, cause I could just go into and do my songs that I've already written, but it's like people like it when you're just like, yeah, you know, talking to them. Yeah. 
making it fun sucks, of them. Though. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. All right. Well, shall we get into dumbest things of the week? I think. Yeah. Devin, let's do it. All right. Let's let's get into our dumbest thing of the week. Dumbest thing of the week. Luke, did you bring us a dumbest thing of the week to share? I guess so, but it's not really dumb. It's more just like, the, man, the world has it out for me right now. We, uh, our card That's died and we got our, we went and like got it jumped and it still was dead. Then we bought this like external battery charger thing, stretched it all the way down, like where our parking spot is in our building to get this. We're getting yelled at by the pro- property manager. That's like, stop trying to charge your car. We get the car charged. We bring it to the uh, mechanic. The car, uh, he replaces the battery. We get home. Car dies again. And so it's not the battery. Oh, yeah, we yeah, now yeah. pay for a new battery. We br- we get we charge it up again. Property property manager says, "Please stop doing that." We bring the car back to the mechanic. The mechanic replaces the alternator in the car. The car dies again. Uh, we get it home after driving it. It's been a nightmare. So now our car's just been gone for several days, and they're like, "We don't know." It's we don't know what's wrong with it. I think you but. gotta get bikes. What a Sisyphusian tragedy! Dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb. It's just dumb. It's just I mean, that's a good that, that's a good dumbest thing of the week. That totally qualifies. That was the dumbest yeah. thing of the week, I think. Totally qualifies. So Noah, what about you? Okay, so my story is, uh, I just want to preface by saying that that I am innocent in this story. Okay, I'm innocent. Uh, so I'm already conscious of this, that you had to preface this. Like I did one hate crime. So like, I think there was some, no, 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 no. Okay. So like, I was looking, I, I, you know, I pulled up my chase debit card app. Sometimes, you know, I, I check my purchases to see, just to see like where my money's at. And I got this weird charge that I didn't recognize for like $47 from this like customer service site that I'd never been to. And so I, looked up i went to the customer service site and apparently like i had signed up uh, like i was being charged for a membership for a porn site and they it was one of those Did things where they get you where it's like trial? You, you sign up for a free trial and then two days later they, they, they make it 50 wait, bucks wait, wait, a month no, so you didn't sign up I, I for didn't, anything but i did like, like i swear site? i didn't on this one like I didn't, I didn't sign up. I didn't like, I think there was probably some fraud on my account. Like, I know I sound like an asshole with this, but like, so I had to, I called the customer service line to be, were to, they to like, be like, what I do don't you want a boner drainers.com. Yeah, no, yeah. It, 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 it was a banging hard.com. Banging hard. 47 said, bucks you know, a month. Yeah. Yeah. I said, excuse me. I would like a refund and cancellation of my, of this account because I never signed up for it. And the woman goes, sir, you know, this is an adult site, right? It's like, yes, I know it's an adult site. Like, I really didn't sign up. Like, I, I probably sound like, like, you know, like my wife is in the room with me. I'm, I'm trying to, like, save face, be like, no, seriously, it was someone else. But, like, I had, I, I like, had to go jump through all these hoops to get her to, like, cancel and refund my account. And because she kept on going, like, sir, you, like, you should be more, you know, you signed up for this account. It's like, no, I didn't. I, I swear, I swear I didn't. So I'd like totally make myself look like an asshole. And, but I think I'm getting my money back. Okay. But no, but did you actually I totally sign felt up? Like a cut. Did no, you actually? I didn't. I swear I didn't. If you jacked off and, and, and enjoyed the pornographic material, you just need to pay 
the feed for the HD quality content. Yeah, honestly, like I'm, I'm sure it was better know? than most Pornhub videos. Just admit you wanted. I didn't even look at it. I hear that if you pay for the premium content. Okay, well now I feel like you should at least get the two free days. Yeah. What are your search terms? Yeah, I should get the two free days because I gotta make sure I gotta make sure that that bangandhard.com is worth the forty seven dollars, or at least I gotta you know get forty seven dollars worth of it before I cancel. You know, if you know. That's what, what I'm mean. saying. Yeah. Now you actually should get the site for the the two free days. Yeah. I think you deserve it. Yeah, if you're paying for it, yeah, you might as well see what um what is it again? Bangandhard.com has to offer. I mean, is it really banging hard? You betcha. Is it bang with the D com. at the end or is it or is it banging? I bet it's banging. No, bangin'. Yeah, it's banging. Banging. Nice. Banging hard. I gotta check that out. <sighs> so yeah, that was my dumbest thing of the week. It was a total, it was a, it felt like a sitcom moment. I felt like George Costanza. Yeah, because you definitely felt like the kid on TikTok, that like famous sound clip where he's like, it's a virus. Why yeah. Are you <laughs> it's slipped. <That's> it. <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's God, definitely how it is. I swear, mom. That's you right now. And then, Devin, I assume that your dumbest moment is that you took someone's credit card and, and bought a subscription <laughs> to bangandhard.com. Honestly, yeah, I should have right. done that for your Hanukkah gift. I think that would have been really good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just give me fucking realitykings.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get him at least a premium site that we all know makes reliable content. Uh, all right, Devin, let's. Okay. Speaking of upstanding young women, let's hear your dumbest thing of the week. Okay. Weekend. First off, check in on me. Clavicle still broken. That's why I'm in this sling. Second off, I went to the gynecologist. Yeah, I know I am. I fell. I fell on a run. That's literally what happened. Um, went to the gynecologist on inauguration day. So I am a feminist. Um, let's see. Girl boss much? I, I know. Hashtag girl boss. Um, so I think it's been what, like four years since I've been complaining how much that pussy stank. Right, Noah? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm thrilled that you're talking about this on the podcast, but yeah, go for yeah, it. Get it. I have to Let get four it years will get it good and right. Yeah. So I've been complaining about it. Haven't gone to the gynecologist in years. So I figured why not go during a global pandemic? It's a perfect time. Sure. So I went, this is the time. Yeah. It's the time to go into public places. And I went and she was like, so what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. My vagina's stinky, I guess. So what do you what do you want to tell me like help me she's like what kind of smell are we working with and i was just like who it's it's just like Whoo. it's like it's completely destroyed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah actually this we is, regret to inform you this is just a sidetrack it needs thing. to be removed <laughs> my dog whenever she gets scared secretes out of her anal sacs a fish smell did you know about that you're shaking your head oh my god so, you gotta express the dog's anal glands yeah. yeah so she gets the same kind of smell as my vagina so that's just a sidetrack but she was just like here so your dog's ass smells like your <laughs> vagina i know we're so similar my dog and I. <laughs> but yeah there's no such thing as a bad dog's ass there's, <laughs> it's a bad dog's owner's vagina <laughs> I'm trying to, I, that was, I, I lost it, but I was, I no, tried. The confidence was there. So it worked. But, um, so what I have to do now is I get to the point. Okay. Get to the point. <laughs> I have to get coconut oil, take a hot shower every night and just lube it up in there. That's what I have to do. 
that's that seems like not a medical thing that they should tell you you know what i mean like that seems that's not official i just feel like sounds like basic self-care because you're not supposed to put anything in there my dumbass was like cleaning it with soap for a long time and yeah i do remember like douching is not healthy yeah like, you're not supposed to use Vagisil. Like, you you're not supposed to use douches you, you're not supposed to put bar right. soap in there which i did probably all my life but now i have to just put coconut Wait. oil in and it's like what should i use the coconut oil and like really liquid? really get the probiotics going yeah right. is there probiotics replace the i don't even know like should i rub I mean, they got it. there must be something about yeah right yeah like, I don't know. There must be some sort of a flora and fauna that are just like native to the, the coconut. to the pussy that need yeah. to be in there. So that's what I have to do now. And I haven't been doing it because we only have coconut oil that we cook with. That's probably touched food. So I have to order some coconut oil now. But yeah, you should get one of the one of like the Pam. Yeah, <laughs> just get the spray can. Like I could probably put olive oil in there too. Anything to make it smell good. Grease it up. Yeah, I think another problem that probably caused this is that. Oh, Noah loves this talk. In college, if I just like was going out, I'd sometimes just spray lice all over my pants to make it smell good. Yeah. I hear that. I def I definitely have done the, uh, the on my mom's pubis. <laughs> give it give it a yeah. and like walk yeah, through. Yeah, you walk through and like, uh, move around. Yeah. I mean, it especially because I'm like not maintaining anything so it's just like this is already going to be a bad yeah, so might stank. as well let's so not have it i feel like, like you guys can for, easily do that too oh i'm kind of helping everyone here oh yeah i'm for so. it yeah you're a self-care icon right now yeah i think i should do like self-care beauty tips and maybe put that on my tiktok i like that you're just lysoling the outside of your pants yeah yeah it is so technically super. i'm cleaning my pants too which is another hack but then you are just kind of putting a, a bandaid on a, on a gunshot wound kind of situation where it's like, you are not addressing the actual problem. You are in, in fact, like if, if the night ends with a, you know, with a, with another person, you're going to take the pants off and it's going to now be revealed that, you know, the origin of the stank. Wow. Is, your pants smell great. But what's underneath? Hey. Yeah. No one needs to see that. Screw but. it. All right. Well, that's a great, that's a great thing to end on. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much, Luke, for coming on. It was so nice talking to you and hearing about uh, everything you had to say, all your, all your stories and everything. Um, do you, b before we go, do you have anything else you would like to plug? I do not. Don't follow me on social media and on Twitter and Instagram or TikTok. I don't, I don't want other people knowing what I'm up to on there. So don't follow me. I have enough people. Um, but thank you for having me on. And Sounds about uh, right. This is fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, before we go, we've got one little catchphrase that we always make our guests say. Here on Two Dummies, we are um, a little bit obsessed with, with chickens. And okay. so we always ask our guests to say, bok, bok, bok. Bok, 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 baby. I made it my own. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bok, bok, bye. Au revoir. See ya. Okay, let's calm down. <laughs>